Hello and welcome to episode 74 of the Post 20 Podcast. My name is Evan. I am joined, as always, by my co-host, Matt. What's going on this week, man? Not too much. Um, I shouldn't say that. That's a straight-up lie. I don't want to lie to start <laughs> off the episode. Um, it's just been like 12-hour days, especially the beginning of this week right now. Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. It was less. I was working, and then I'd go straight to soccer practice or... I go straight from um, work to get a, my hair cut. Yeah. Like things are getting crunched together now and like summertime's starting to pick up, especially with the weather and uh, the shoebies and all that. Yeah. So things are picking up. I think we're seeing re- regulations kind of get cut back and slowly but surely, I would say by mid-May, end of May, we should see some sort of 50 to 75% normality in a way. I don't know how you feel about that but that's what that's what my feeling is i'm excited i think i think that's probably by july i think like midsummer we should see things like be pretty much back to normal i mean i know i think i've said this on the like last couple weeks for people that want to get vaccinated like it's it's available now it's it's not like it's a hard thing to get you know a month or two ago it was kind of kind of a hard thing um you had to really be cognizant of where to look in order to get yourself an appointment but they have walk-in appointments i mean you can literally just walk into to um one of the mega sites and and get a vaccine now so Mm -hmm. for the people that want to get it get it for the people that don't you're going to benefit from you know herd immunity anyway i got it because i'm around people that would be susceptible if they were to catch covid um so i just figured like fuck it i might as well get it hasn't killed me so um, yeah, I got my first shot. Yeah, uh, two three weeks ago, I get my second one. I think next next Saturday. I think. Yeah, that's good. Where did you go? Um, I went. I went AC. Okay, yeah. So that's that's where I went to. I've been. Mm-hmm. I think I've been fully vaccinated for like three or four weeks now, um, and really nothing. Did Did you have any side effects from the first one or no? No, me, my dad, and brother. We all went together and. Pretty much, it was all together. We all just had like stiff arms. And yeah, my dad more had like maybe was feeling a little more f- fatigue, but mm-hmm. I was fine. It was like whenever I had like lifted my arm a little bit, like above my shoulder, that yeah. was when like most of the pain felt. Yeah, but day two after it, it was calm and it was back to normal. But I've been hearing the second shot for the Pfizer oh, is yeah because i got i got stuff the next day i have a game i have to be at at noon up in marlton good so. fucking luck buddy so we're gonna see how i feel but i'll push through it i, I hope i'm not like yakking or anything no it won't make you throw up i'm i don't think that's one of the side effects but like dude the first one hurt my arm like you said and i got a little foggy that was it like yeah just just like general brain fog like you know what that's like and then mm-hmm. i was fine after a day the second shot when I got that, dude, I mean, I felt fine the the day of, but as soon as it turned like eight o'clock, I was fucking sweating bullets. Like, really, it, it felt like it literally felt like someone had punched me directly in the chest with an iron fist. Like, and there was just aching everywhere else in my body, spreading apart, and like from that you know center center of my chest and. I had a fever for, I literally had a hundred degree fever, 101 mm. for 10 hours. I was That's just, wild. I was just sweating. I was laying in bed, sweating, dripping. I must've, I couldn't even sleep. I, I drank like four or five Gatorades. 
uh, the little mini Gatorades, yeah. probably a gallon of water. I was just sweating everything out. And then the next day, I was fine. Like, I, I felt, hmm. after, like, lunchtime, I felt totally normal. It was it was the craziest thing. Uh, I don't know. I don't know what the science is behind it, but it seems like young right. people, um, young people have a tough time with the second shot. Older people don't seem to have really any side effects from the second shot. So I have no yeah. idea what the difference is. Um, well, I'm definitely going to let Hick know we can advance because yeah. I'm going to need somebody to cover for me because I'm the only one carded to be there. Yeah, I would um, I would certainly um, let the, the head, head guy know because, I mean, Morgan, even Morgan, like she got her second shot today. I was mm-hmm. like, you know, you better, you better just go home, buy some Gatorade and hang out because that shit might really put you on your ass. Mm-hmm. All right. Uh, enough of the vaccine talk. Um, we will move on to our weekly scheduled programming. Match week 33 is the one we're recapping. We're going to start off with Payne, um, Arsenal, nil, Everton, one. Uh, before we get into this, I want to also say that Arsenal is getting fucking clobbered by Villarreal yeah. right now. And yeah, I, think, and I. I think United is losing to Roma. It's two true, two two right now. Oh, they got they one back. Them. Okay. Yeah, they're Jesus. they're in a slobber knocker right now. Fucking over cashing early on that shit. Um. So yeah, Arsenal gonna get knocked out of Europe. I assure you. And we will move um into the the last week's match. So this game was like just dog shit. I mean, just a terrible, terrible dog fight between two teams who have a really tough time finishing. Um, the, the difference was a Leno own goal. I mean, he, he had a little bit of a, a hiccup and the ball went in the net, which happens actually a lot with him. I'd say more than most. I don't even know if I would count him as a top tier keeper anymore. Uh, when we signed him, maybe he was, but he's actually kind of poverty in my opinion. <laughs> um, I think we probably need someone else or someone new. We should have kept Martin, uh, Martinez. He was better. Mm-hmm. Um, 14 shots for Arsenal opposed to Everton's eight. Arsenal looked to be the stronger side. I mean, we played yeah. a pretty full strength um, lineup, uh, barring, you know, and Katia was up there. Uh, what you had. Yeah, I mean, we did we did what we could. Um, Pablo Mari started at center back. Xhaka at left back because of the Tierney thing. But Partey was in there. Saka was in there. ESR was there. Um, Pepe had a pretty decent performance. I think he looked all right. And, you know, and Katia was on there, which wasn't great. But I just, uh, I don't know. I, I thought that we'd be able to get get out in front of, of this team. Uh, DCL was back, but even he, he didn't really do anything for, for Everton. They had a full-strength lineup, and I just, I was confident going into this, and, and Arsenal really just let me down. Yeah, Arsenal did control the tempo of the game. I think both sides had good chances but uh just came down to Everton on the counterattack, and Leno had a mistake at the wrong time and I, I said in the preview last week for this game I said VAR was going to take a part in it and it did like early in the second half you had uh Danny Ceballos have one of the top five flops of the season yeah uh and was awarded <laughs> the penalty from John Moss yeah. uh but it was eventually overturned due to Pepe being off sides in the build-up uh, from the VAR by maybe his elbow, which is 
typical VAR. So, I mean, that was a momentum killer right there. You're about to take a penalty. You're getting set up. Pepe's about to shoot it. And then VAR comes in and just it cocks you like that. And then you kind of, you carry on a little bit of momentum, but in the back of your mind, it's kind of like we could have been up one nothing in a different type of scenario. And now it's still nil-nil. And then Everton just capitalized on it. And there was nothing you could do after that. I felt that your attackers with what you had did well. I felt like Enketia was kind of thrown in the deep end. He hasn't played at all for the past five months, really. Yeah. Being be behind Lacazette and Amamiang uh, and even Saka at some times. Uh, I was surprised Odegaard didn't start. You're getting Roe back in there, kind of getting him back from injury. He still yeah. hasn't picked up from pre-injury, but uh, I, I think Arsenal needed to get these points really bad. Now it's at a point where you guys are just really needing to push in this Europa League, but it's looking it's looking di- in a dire state right now from your former manager and Unai Emery. Yeah, Sabayas just got a red too, so rest in piss. Mm. Well, yeah. that pretty much puts a fork in it, so. Goodbye. I mean, best case scenario, isn't it how um, the European spots, if let's say if Chelsea or City wins the Champions League and they also finish in the top four? Yeah, it's the it? next four. Right, it's the next spot. So let's say United wins the Europa League, and let's say Man City wins the Champions League. Yeah. Then wouldn't five and six be put into the Champions League? Um, I don't know if six. I don't know if six gets put in. I or think... wait, f- five and five would get in a Champions League spot. I think yeah. six would be Europa, and I yeah. think seventh would slide into Europa. Right. Yeah, I was just going to say So right that. now, that would be Tottenham. So you're seven points behind them on that. I mean, if West Ham are in the Champions League, I'm going to fucking kill myself. I uh, they Liverpool's just... picking up form at the right time right now, so wow. it should be interesting. West Ham's diving off. Can you imagine? I'm Yeah, but they are, by the way. They're having an absolute choke fest, but can you imagine watching West Ham in European competition? I mean, like Europa League, fine. I can make a concession for that. But they are not ready to be in the Champions League at all. They'll, they'll be in a group stage with uh, Dortmund and and like uh, Roma or somebody. Yeah, they would get fucking cooked up by those teams because they don't have the book on them, you know? Uh, you never know, man. You go in with the right game plan. David Moyes did win manager of the year for the, at the London Awards last week. Won it over our boy Scotty P. Uh, controversially. No, I'm just kidding, but... Yeah, I don't know. If you go in with the right game plan, I think most of the times you'll do well. And they seem like a well, well-disciplined well team to get the job done in most cases. But they're dealing with injury issues right now. And Lingard can't do what he can, what he usually does every week. It's kind of where Bruno was. Bruno was scoring or involved in a goal every week. And now his form dived off a little bit. And United aren't consistently getting wins. They're getting draws. They're not losing. But they're not getting as many points as they should. Zach made a statement. I think yesterday or day or before saying that they have 10 draws like yeah. i told him if you i said if you take five of those draws to wins you're five points ahead of city mm-hmm. that's crazy like, yeah they're playing good it's just they're not they're not going for that they're not going the extra mile to win these games they're playing it safe at times yeah well there was a lot of mediocrity with with united earlier on in the season i think they've kind of ascended now they seem to have gotten over the hump in terms of finishing games off I feel like they do come back a lot more now. There's more of a definitive, you know, end to to 90 minute matches whereas before there was a lot of just like floundering 
towards the second half, and there was no there was no sharpness. Um, it's a lot. It's a lot of game management at yeah. times where a one nil lead, or if the t- you're down one nil, you're tactically just c- covering your your back in case an, a mistake happens from somebody. So yeah, I mean, I think that I'm, comes down to your manager. Like a lot of that is is certainly what yeah. sort of effect your manager has on your players and all these comes, kind of stuff. comes down to what you and the board agreed for your season objectives yeah. and just your job security at times, because if you go for it and it doesn't work out, then yeah. you're going to get it in the media and then the social media and all that. Because I mean, the FA and that are putting a three day, <laughs> a three day, uh, what you might call it stand against social media or something, a campaign, which isn't going to do anything. Yeah. Due to all of the social media uh, abuse to players and that after bad results, which has been going on for a long time since social media started, it's just it's becoming even more relevant because there's no there's no in person matches, so everybody's at home watching the game, and there's even more people live tweeting about it. So, yeah, that's that's a whole another topic. But back to the Arsenal game, sad to see them not get these points. Mm-hmm. Everton taking every match to their advantage and they still have i think them them and a few other teams have games in hand still to play yeah they're they're in a very nice situation right now yeah they trailed off but they managed to get themselves back and you know kind of just at least stay level with um what is expected of everton football club i will i will say uh okay moving on liverpool won newcastle won Joe Willock has done it again. I mean, this guy has ice in his veins. He is clutch as he's as clutch as it gets. He's like Jordan. He's the Michael Jordan of Newcastle. It's unbelievable. Salah scored in the third minute. Nothing happened. Well, a lot of Liverpool chances happened in between that and the Joe Willock goal. But Liverpool's defense, once again, has managed to let someone slip by and let three points slip out of their hands. And instead, they have to walk away with one. I mean, it is just... This this Liverpool team is an absolute shell of itself. I know that they've looked okay, or at least better, in weeks past. But Fabinho slotting back into center-back alongside Kabak is just sending them backwards. I mean, Fabinho needs to be playing in the midfield. He doesn't need to be in... He doesn't need to be playing center back. And I know that it's an injury thing and yada, yada, yada. But that's, I think that actually is where it starts and ends. Like, it seems like when Fabinho plays further up, the results are better. Yeah, he, he adds a security blanket in right. that midfield, allowing the likes of Thiago and Wijnaldum more freedom to push forward. Both of those players are kind of box to box they play similarly tiago more fancy on the passes with some flair and yeah why not a pretty well disciplined player moving up and back probably his last season with liverpool um i don't know what's gonna happen with tiago though if they keep him or not because he sucks he's, dude he's kind of in a similar situation with ziech at chelsea they're yeah. he's kind, they're kind of in limbo they don't really know what to do with them but that's another story this game though uh liverpool started off hot mm-hmm. i rewatched the highlights Salah scoring just like the first game of the season against Leeds right off the back, uh, which was his 20th Premier League goal of the season. So congrats to him on that. Um, they they kind of, they play the four triple two with Salah and, and Mane as like a, attacking mids. And Firmino and Jota together, that's kind of like uh, just putting all your best players on the field together and hoping it works at times, uh, which kind of hurts your, your bench players. You need like uh, impact subs where... 
which was Curtis Jones and James Milner. So right. you're not getting much off the bench from them creativity-wise. And Newcastle now, in their last four, have picked up eight points out of 12, giving themselves a nine-point uh, gap between Fulham in the relegation zone. So Steve Bruce has really picked it up uh, at the right time of the year to really secure Newcastle, I would say, in the Premier League for another season, mm-hmm. um, depending on what they do in the summer. That all depends on the money and what they do there. But, um, yeah, they kind of switched to like a three-back formation here, like a 3-5-2. Yeah. Richie and Murphy out there kind of playing uh, kind of how Chelsea used to with three mids and two forwards. I think they look better this way. Yeah, I mean, they they kind of figure out the right formula, and mm-hmm. he's not rushing Callum Wilson back. He's kind of putting him off the bench because yep. uh, you don't want to rush a hamstring issue because it might you might re-injure it, and that might be even longer than before so uh they're doing the right thing joe willock is the money man right now for newcastle yeah. he's pretty much secured all those points the last two to three games so it'll be interesting to see if he gets a start the following week or if if steve bruce says hey just calls him in the office be like hey last 15 20 minutes you're my guy i know yeah. what you offer and fresh legs off the bench really helps so if he can be that spot that's what his loan's all about just getting experience so he's doing a good job there and I mean, it's just like the Arsenal game. Liverpool kind of dropped the bag. Yep, indeed. I'd like to um, also, if we're talking about dropping the bag, Arsenal just got another red card in case United anyone was wondering. Yeah, yeah. United yeah. got a United got a third. Cavani's got two goals and an assist in this uh, match. I mean, right he now. is cranked. Cavani, if, I, I know we've said this before too. If, Arsenal, Arsenal grabbed one back with a Pepe penalty just now. Well, they have like six players on the field, so that's pretty surprising. That's wild. I can't believe they got two red cards. If I bet $5 on a red card, I'd be fucking rich right now. Who got the other red card? Jaka. My Mine's behind. It shows the goal, but it doesn't show the card. Oh, yeah. I mean, it says it says we're down to nine men. That's what I oh. saw. I'm looking at one football. It'll update in a second, but Wait, I don't know. What just happened? Oh, maybe maybe not. Maybe no I maybe I read something I would, wrong. Yeah, there's no way he got a red. I maybe did. maybe Villarreal got a red card for the penalty. Yeah, yeah. I I must have read something wrong. My bad, boys. Um. Okay, it's two one. All right, that's better. I mean, we're not gonna take, cool. we're not gonna draw, but. Um. Okay, we'll move on from that. Joe Willick needs to be recalled. Is the bottom line. Yeah. Um. West Ham nil. Chelsea one. Timo Werner managed to get himself a goal. Not not often that we see his name on the score sheet. Um, I saw a, t- uh, a tweet the other day, and it was somebody that just Googled uh, Timo, Timo Werner, and oh, no. all behind them it says Timo Werner miss versus, and then it literally lists like 40 teams. Yeah. People looking it's for the It's getting to a point now we're on Twitter. It's like... Uh... It's one of those things where it's like I can't explain to my grandkids how he missed this. It's kind of like those they take the the snapshots of yeah. him six yards in front of the goal and be like, "Timo Werner missed this or missed this," and it's oh my like God. he misses so many sitters, it's insane. Yeah, he gets put in so many good situations, but he did score in this game, and it was a very, very, very big match this mm-hmm. time of the year, fourth versus fifth. That gave us a little bit of breathing room uh, in the top four race, so. I mean, good getting results. Tuchel doing his thing. Um, after that West Brom loss, we've gotten two wins and a draw. So back to normal ways. Uh, for West Ham, though, uh, Balboina got a red card in the 81st minute. Very controversial after rewatching it. Yeah. 
if anybody didn't watch it it, it got went, overturned the ban yeah after the match they, right. they appealed and everything which was the right decision but uh live in action uh, balbuena went to clear the ball open play chilla challenged him and in the follow-through uh his studs went on top of chilla's calf and var made the decision to give him a red card and oh uh man united 4-2 yeah there, there was a pen there was a penalty right Bruno to Cavani to wow, yeah, that's fucking uh, insane. Fucking Roma, what yeah. are you doing? Get get out. But but yeah, we did we did the right thing here. We held down. Uh, Tiago Silva did a great job in the back, uh, getting a start there. Uh, Conte as well, locking things down as usual. Um, it was great to see that we held West Ham to no goals because with Lingard in his form. Uh, that's very nice to see. And um, Pulisic, the guy, the guy right now, he scored yeah. in the Champions League. He's scoring in the league. He's involved in all the plays. Um, you need you need him to pick up the slack now for uh, Mason Mount because his name's kind of uh, been been out of the out of the articles and the tablets, or tablets, tabloids. He's not really being talked about. So Pulisic in there now. Mm-hmm. And Tam- Tammy Abraham, I think this is his first appearance in months. I mean, things are go- transfer rumors are going around right now that he's leaving thirty to forty mil. He's either going to go to like a West Ham, Leicester type of thing. I definitely don't see him leaving the Premier League. He doesn't. His style doesn't suit. I would say outside the Prem. He's always been in England, I think, because in the past he was. I think he was loaned Aston Villa, and before that, maybe in the Championship. So. He definitely needs to leave to get more fo- to get more playing time because Tuchel's style doesn't doesn't fit Abraham and even Giroud. Giroud's not even getting any minutes anymore. Tuchel's too invested into the small forwards going forward, and if any height's going to be in there, it's going to be Havertz who has great footwork com- relative to Abraham and Giroud. So uh, definitely going to be a busy summer in, in West London. Uh, West Ham, though, like I said before, they're dropping off form right now. It's kind of how Leicester was last year uh, after lockdown or after the restart. Uh, they're just dropping points on points, and teams behind them are catching up. So their European hopes may be fading. Uh, we were saying before, if uh, England English team wins the Europa League and the Champions League, that may be their saving grace. But they still have they still have games to play, and they still it's still in their hands. So, yeah, we'll have to see how things pan out. I mm-hmm. I'm sitting here amazed that Cavani is better than Rashford. I mean, it blows my fucking mind. It actually does. Right, it's just insane. Um, okay, we'll move on. Uh, Sheffield United won Brighton nil. They uh, the the Blades managed to managed to defeat the Seagulls. I mean, what a shit name, anyway. Uh, the fucking Seagulls. David McGoldrick back back in action. Scored in the nineteenth, uh, or the ninth minute, rather. No, nineteen. Yeah, you were right, nineteen. Yeah, brain scuffed. Uh, Brighton managed to control the pretty much every aspect of the game. Seventeen shots versus Sheffield seven, sixty-nine to thirty-one percent possession. A lot more. Th- there was just more build-up play for Brighton as well. They seem to be the stronger team. They are the stronger team, I think. Um, mm. a ton more chances, ton more chances on corners as well, and they just couldn't get anything to fall it's not like they had a a modified lineup either pretty much the same uh same thing 
you have uh, Welbeck, Trossard, and Mopai all in. So really, you have you know your three most dynamic players playing, and still, I mean, not enough, not enough to get one against Sheffield, who are absolutely shocking. If you can't get by Baldock, Egan, and Brian, what are you doing? I mean, Ramsdale's a good keeper, but they have to be scoring against the Sheffield team. Sheffield already down and out, already getting relegated. I just think this is really kind of a an indictment of of Brighton's ability to get things done when they need to. Yeah, this is uh, Sheffield's first win since March third against Aston Villa, uh, which was also a one nothing win or victory. Uh, this went pretty much how we would we expected it to go: very low scoring, uh, Brighton controlling most of the game with possession and chances, and Sheffield playing on the counter attack, doing their thing. So very very chalk, very chalk uh, game. How it went, uh, not, nothing really else to add. I mean, there's nothing nothing crazy that happened. I mean, it would have been nice to see Brewster get on the score sheet to help. Uh, to help the reasons why they brought him in, still that thirty thirty million pound price tag, uh, no goals still, but uh, yeah, they're they're hundred percent mathematically going down. So if if they can get any momentum going into the season next year or going into the sum, summer window to convince players to stay or get some hidden talent to sign, uh, just would help the club, I guess. Yeah, we'll have to um, we'll have to see. I mean, I. I, I can't see what kind of player they're going to bring in. I mean, those Brighton's the kind of team that's bringing in people from like, um, like low or mid tier Italian teams, things like that. I mean, where did Trussard come from? Do you remember? I'm not sure. I know they got Belgian team, maybe. They, they got the guy on their bench is Kierdo. He's Colombian. I think yeah, they got I remember him from him. the. I thought they got him from Liga Emeki. They may have, yeah. They got Trissard from Genk, from the Belgian League. Belgium, okay. Yeah, that makes sense. Hmm. Well, th- this will be interesting. I mean, they, they have to bring some new people in, uh, shore up. I don't even know if they need to shore up the defense. Maybe get a little bit of pace in there because that seems to be the um, the bigger issue. Or maybe some better backs. Uh, hopefully they manage to retain Lamptey. Um, that's a big thing. But when, you know, when he went out, they kind of lost a lot of that uh, yeah, they, dynamic. They, they don't have very much pace on the flanks. They're very yeah. central with how they play. I mean, Lanty's so good. I'm surprised they he doesn't play like they may move him up. Like he he may play higher in the line. To be honest with you, because he's he was really really good the first couple of weeks of the season. Yeah, if he played a full season, he definitely would have gotten a move. There's oh, another guy. Sure. I mean, Norwich and Watford are are promoted now, confirmed back into the prem. I know. Max Aarons has been a guy on a lot of people's lists, the mm-hmm. right back for Norwich, English. Yep. I know I think I've seen articles about Arsenal potentially getting him as a Bellerin replacement. You guys just need some sort of youth at those positions right now cuz I mean currently you're doing a Jaka Chambers and those guys aren't the guys you want in those big matches to match up against the pace of the big teams. So it's going to be a very busy busy summer. And also one more thing the I know the Spotify owner, yeah, he and him, a couple other people are looking to buy buy Arsenal from Kroenke and the group. Yeah, it's oh. it's on Riviera and uh, Bergkamp alongside uh, Daniel Eck, the Spotify founder. That would be fucking sick. It's not going to happen, 
um, I'm sure is Kronky sitting in this fucking lair, just smiling and giggling because, you know, offers or even them talking about that is just driving the price up. That's all it's doing. I think I think Arsenal's valued at 2.2 or 2.3 billion. Yeah. And X uh, net worth is like 3.15 billion. So he needs some partners if he wants to put a serious bid in. Yeah, I mean, and you're not going to make a ton of money off the club because you have to operate it, especially in this period of economic yeah. rebuilding, I will say. Yeah. Um, so we'll have to see. I mean, that would be sick. I mean, I would, I would love that. I'd love for a new owner, even if the owner is somehow worse than Kroenke, it would be a change of pace. And that's just something that I desperately need. And I think Arsenal I, really need. I think getting involved with Spotify is good now. Cause I think the next five, 10 years, Spotify is going to blow up because it originally started as music and that. And now they're delving and... in the world as podcasts and they're slowly getting involved with videos, yep. video format. So I think it's, it's definitely smart to. I think they could they could buy it now for cheap, and eventually, I think the value would go up. Yeah. Uh. By the way, now there is a fucking red for Villarreal, and the the guy got sent off. He's literally on the stretcher. Etienne Capu is on the stretcher, getting awarded a red card, like being <laughs> sent off. I don't know what's going on. And then, uh, there's another goal in the United game. Paul Pogba. Dude. Uh, Bruno is like two goals and two assists this game. That's insane. Yeah. If if Arsenal can bag uh one more goal, you guys are in a nice spot. Yeah, I don't see it happening, but but maybe. We'll alert you guys if it happens. Uh let's move on. Wolves nil, Burnley four, another one that we got absolutely wrong. Chris Wood managed to get himself a hat trick with three goals in the fifteenth, twenty first, and forty fourth. Ashley Wed uh Westwood added another in the eighty fifth, right before halftime was or the full time whistle was blown. Wolves down bad. I mean, just just like Swiss cheese, their defense was. Um, full strength, Cody, Saiz, and Boley, all regulars. Patricio back, obviously, after that. He, he's been back for a while now. There's no excuse for him to be playing the way he is. Um, and then Semedo and, and uh, Nori were kind of your, your wing backs, um, guys that really can go forward. And they were like Swiss cheese. They got carved up by, they literally got carved up by Chris Wood. A split hat trick. I just cannot believe it. Great performance by Burnley. I'd say an overperformance. Um, yeah. I, I know that they, they have some some talent. Every once in a while, they can knock a good team off. But Wolves are not a good team. And I actually think thought that Wolves carrying some form over would manage to get this Burnley team. Um, mm-hmm. But they really just were terrible. This game was yeah. played at Molyneux Stadium, so... Um, played played home for for wolves and they were just dog shit, man. So fucking bad. Yeah. Um, what was I gonna say? Oh yeah, you said Burnley does have some decent players. I like their wingers. They got that Dwight McNeil. I think he's like a U twenty one English national team player. He's very nice. And they got that Brownhill on the other. So they have some decent guys on the flanks. Um, Chris Wood hat trick, crazy. It's probably his first in the Premier League. I wouldn't doubt. Uh, yeah, Wolves are just flat, and you would think, I mean, Burnley going into this matchup, they were on a three-game losing streak, Wolves is on a two-game winning streak. Um, this this win locked up Burnley safely alongside Southampton and Newcastle, nine points clear of Fulham. I would definitely say they're in a uh, a good spot if they can get one or two more results. 
But um, yeah, four nil. I would never have guessed that in my life over in this matchup. It wouldn't have mattered who they played anywhere in that t- in that uh, half of the table. I would never have said Burnley would have scored four, uh, and even three in the first half is wild. But uh, great great result for them. Wolves back to the drawing board. They just want the, the season to just finish because at this point they're just playing to. I don't even know. They're just playing to play games. Yeah, what are they doing actually? Like what? The, what the fuck is the point? I don't even. I don't know. know. They're, they're in that. They're, they're in that area of the table where it's like we don't know what the fuck we're doing. We're just playing games to. What Arsenal? What Arsenal's doing too? They're like right at the top of that area. So bad. Uh, moving on to a game that had a little bit more of uh, table implications. Leeds United nil, Manchester United nil. An old rivalry reignited. Managed to prove pretty eventful for both teams. Leeds, certainly the team uh, on the bottom half. They definitely came out on the bottom of the scuffle. United looked far better, as they should. Much better team. Uh, 16 shots for United versus Leeds. Six. Only four shots on target versus Leeds. Three. So not a lot of uh, not a lot of chances, shots on target in terms of, you know, concrete um, chances. And the possession was pretty much even. I figured that United would be the team to come out on top. Um, but, I mean, I think this is a good result for Leeds. Not a horrible result for United. De- definitely not. Like Leeds aren't a bad team. They're in pretty decent form right now. So, yeah. um, just, you know, it was boring, but it's a decent result for both teams, I guess. Yeah, I mean, Leeds are on a six-game uh, game streak without losing. Mm-hmm. And they are dealing with some injuries. Rafinha wasn't available in this game. Uh, Click's been out for a while in the midfield. So they play totally different without Rafinha on that right. Helder Costa isn't the same type of player. Uh, not as dynamic going forward and and uh, not as not as uh, good on the ball dribbling skills. And I mean, holding a, a Man United team like this with the form they're in, especially like Greenwood and uh, Fernandez. Mm-hmm. To zero goals is a, a a very hard task to do that many clubs c- can't uh, say they did this season. Um, United locking up that second position in the table, five points clear Leicester and Leeds sitting right above Arsenal by one point. Uh, I mean, they're pushing right now. If they can get one or two more wins, they're pushing right now to potentially get into European competition in their first season in the Premier League. Yeah, uh, which would be crazy. I mean that that just get uh tells you how good of a manager micro or a bielsa is mm-hmm. and the man can't speak one lick of english which is awesome sure. to see um but yeah i mean nothing really much nothing really happened it was a very very tactical game no no uh interesting that Leeds only had three shots on target with how dynamic they are going forward but yeah i mean positives from both sides and i think calvin phillips really locked down that holding mid spot he had a phenomenal game Mm -hmm. that's somebody that if they don't have uh speaking for leads that it's a completely different team uh structurally in the middle uh, as well as their captain liam cooper in the back they haven't been with him the last couple weeks so they're doing well with that they have just like a lot of teams in the league a lot of guys this time of the year are having heavy legs and one too many minutes on the pitch can really push them to their limits. So these guys are doing their best to finish the year strong. And for some of them, it's playing playing enough matches and keeping your fitness up to go into the Euros, uh, your top form. So uh, good to see from both teams here. Yeah. Sorry, my door just opened. Uh, guys, if you're watching the YouTube video, my door just opened. My dog walked in. Um, all right, moving on. 
Uh, what do we have? I'm trying to find it. We have Aston Villa, West Brom. Yeah, how about this game? Aston Villa, certainly, certainly the favorite here. Kind of a barn burner. Four total goals. Uh, Aston two, West Brom two, two, two penalties, an own goal, and a stoppage time goal. Unreal. Squeaky goals. Uh, All around squeak fest. Twenty four shots for Aston Villa. They absolutely pumped West Brom, but somehow West Brom managed to get another result. These yep. shitter teams keep managing to like squeak away. It's it's crazy. Every season this happens, at the end, these shitty teams manage to start getting results that they absolutely don't deserve. It's a combination of, you know, exhaustion from top teams or better teams playing in multiple competitions. Um, on top of, you know, the bottom tier teams really needing these results so that they can stay up and retain all of that money. And that was the case here. Again, West Brom, not even close to Villa's caliber, in my opinion. Not saying Villa are a fantastic team, but they're certainly better than West Brom. But West Brom managed to get away again with a point, um, much needed point. West Brom are in that relegation area, so it's important that they manage to get themselves as much as they can. And, I mean, just... It's frustrating. It's frustrating to bet on these teams and then watch them absolutely choke it away. Um, Pereira scored a penalty, and then Mings had an own goal um, for Villa. So that was, you know, the two goals that West Brom managed to get counted for themselves. Notice how I say managed to get counted for themselves because they really didn't do anything themselves. Um, Villa should have managed to get away with this. I mean, they really should have, and and they just, they didn't. And I I can't get over how much they dominated, really. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, West Brom, 10 goals in the last four games in the league, which is unbelievable because... That's as many as they had in their their previous sixteen before those four matches. Mm-hmm. So they're they're feeling some type of way. The ball's just bouncing the right way for them. And uh, Villa, it seems like Jack Grealish is just done for the year. They're not even going to risk it. Maybe it's personal decision with the Euros that he doesn't want to come back right now. Uh, Matty Cash, right back, just like just like um, what was I going to say? Just like uh, Leeds with injuries and all the other teams, key players and key positions are out. Uh, so other guys have to step up, and their backup striker Keenan Davis in the 92nd minute getting one championship level player getting a rare goal. Uh, Pereira is their best player for West Brom going forward. He managed the penalty, like you said. Yep. And I mean, you can't really say anything other than that. It's just like West Brom just gets lucky in these situations where they're scraping these points, but they're nine points behind Brighton right now. Uh, there's a lot of things get, that can happen that they really need to... I mean, they're getting into the toughest part of their season right now. They play a, a Wolves team who they need the three points, an Arsenal team, which you could be you could say it's the right time to play them. Uh, Liverpool, then West Ham, they close out against Leeds. So uh, Big Sam putting the thinking cap on, trying to hold down his, hold down his uh, reputation of never being relegated so yeah it's gonna be really important i mean i would say for their safety with what brighton has left they're gonna need at least 10 well actually they're probably gonna need 12 out of 15 points if they want a chance of staying up because you have to think brighton will win at least 
three to four points in their five matches. They play Leeds, Wolves, West Ham, City, and Arsenal. So they play four of the five of the same teams that West Brom plays. Right. So uh, very likely that West Brom's going to go down. Mm-hmm. And Fulham, even being two points closer to Brighton, it's looking like they're going to go down too because they have the worst form yeah. uh, in the league behind or in front of Sheffield. So. Mm-hmm. I don't know. It's going to look like uh, the top end of the table is going to have implications at the end of the season rather than the bottom. It's just, oh, excuse me, absolute pain, honestly, watching these teams. And yeah. it, I mean, I, I'm I'm excited to see what kind of shitters they bring up next year because I'm sure they'll be going back down and we'll be seeing some of these teams that just went down come back up because that's just how it works. Yep. Uh, yeah, all... there's, always, there's always one of them that goes down and comes up. Right. Yeah, that just happens all the time. Uh, Moving on. Final game of the recap. Then we'll get into our predictions quickly. Uh, Here we go. Leicester City 2, Crystal Palace 1. This one went the way I figured it would go. Um, Timothy Castagna scored the first goal in a Leicester City comeback after Wilfred Zaha scored in the 12th to put Palace ahead. Kelechi managed to get himself one in the 80th. I mean, Kelechi has been in absolutely ridiculous form. He has, I don't know what the actual stat is, but I think he has like six or seven in his last five starts. That's nuts. Yeah. That is absolutely insane. Um, Pretty much a full-strength lineup for Leicester. Uh, Nothing really out of the ordinary in terms of the players that they started. And similarly um, for Palace, a full-strength lineup. Uh, you have Eze, you had Zaha, Benteke was in there up top, and then um, the Palace defense was normal. But Kelechi and uh, what's his name? Who else scored? Oh, yeah, Castagna managed to slice and dice their way through and get themselves back. It's a good three points for Leicester. Looked a little shaky there in the uh, first half, but a very strong second half for Leicester overall. Yeah, crazy um, incident happened in the game. I shouldn't say incident. Uh, I think it was half an hour into the match. It was pre-planned, uh, agreed with both sides and the officials that uh, Wesley Fofana and uh, Czech Kriate, I think the other player was, that it, at that moment their Ramadan ended and there was a stoppage in the match just for them to get some get some food in their system or like tablets or something because... Uh, that whole time of fasting. So that, I think that was the first time that's ever happened in the Premier League. So interesting to see that. But um, other than that, the game was pretty interesting. At first, when I saw the update that Palace scored first, I was like, oh, wow. I, I went back in my mind to what I said with Palace getting at least 10 to 14 days of rest right? Uh, compared to Leicester's three or four. Yeah, uh, But Brendan Rodgers had his tactics down. He's a very underrated manager. He's I agree. He's kind of flying under the radar. He definitely, he could definitely manage a, a move to a better, or I shouldn't say a better, a more prestigious team or club and manage just like how he did with Liverpool back in the day. But it seems like he's happy where he is right now. And Leicester is competing in the top four every every single season, it seems like, the past three to four years. So... Leicester did eventually get the win. Kelechi and Ancho was the man in form uh, in Leicester City. Uh, Jamie Vardy kind of fading out. I don't know how much longer he's got in his in his uh, playing days at Leicester at the top flight. Should be interesting moving forward. But uh, yeah, Leicester secured the game. 
as a top four team should against a, a team mid table that has nothing to play for. Yeah, we uh, we'll have to see. Okay, uh, let's move into our predictions quickly before we round off the show. Thank you for sticking with us this far. Match week thirty four. Only four more weeks. Uh, kind of sad, honestly. Don't know what I'm gonna do without it. We're gonna have mm-hmm. to talk about like other stuff on the show for a while. Um, all right, first game tomorrow, three p.m. Southampton take on Leicester City at St. Mary's Stadium. I am siding with Leicester because Southampton stink. Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna take Leicester as well. Short and sweet. Uh, Southampton don't don't look good in form. Danny Ings is officially back on IR. Um, don't know what that. He's just. It's like one week he plays, two weeks he's out. One week he plays, two weeks he's out. Um, also, before we move on, our previous week's record, um, very shocking. Uh, I had a three and five record, but worst of all, Evan. Yeah. Evan, Evan one for seven. I mean, that is just putrid. You got the one off the Leicester comeback. Yeah, that's great, I guess. You're still miles ahead of me overall, so you, you shouldn't ha- head, hang your head too low. Yeah, true. But yeah, Leicester should definitely wrap this game up. Cool. Alrighty, moving on. We have Crystal Palace versus Manchester City. If the performance by Palace last week versus Leicester was anything to go by, I will say that I have no problem going with City to win this. Um, that's not even considering the fact that City are <laughs> hands down the best club in the world. Yeah, I'm gonna go with City as well. I could definitely see Palace uh, having one of those games where they just play out of their minds. Um, I mean, the last time they played back in January was a four nil annihilation of Palace. Um, they, they, I don't know. Roy Hodgson doesn't really have anything going on. He's just chilling, uh, in the, in the, in the dugout every game, not really caring because he's just doing his thing, getting his last paycheck before he's out of the game. And Man City are in an interval period between, uh, their second leg against, uh, PSG, them getting their 2 1 win or comeback win over PSG was an interesting, or I shouldn't say interesting. It was a great game to watch, uh, attacking football attacking football from both sides but yeah man city on the day should win this uh and odds wise they are at minus 300 which is pretty good if you want to add it into a little parlay indeed i haven't bet in a couple weeks now uh moving on brighton uh versus leeds saturday may 1st at 10 a.m second game of the day i'm with leeds uh good performance good showing against united last week brighton terrible losing to fucking shitter sheffield um, don't see Brighton bouncing back, really. They're they're going down. Uh, actually, no. No, no, no. Not Brighton. They're staying up. Um, but that being said, I think Leeds are that much better. Uh, 20... How many points ahead? They're 13 points ahead of Brighton, um, and their form is much better. Uh, three wins, two draws, four leads in the last five, whereas Brighton have two draws, two losses, and a win. I am on Leeds. Yeah, I'm just looking here. The last time they played, it was a 1-0 win to Brighton, but uh, this game is at Brighton, and Brighton is absolutely horrific at home. Uh, out of out of 16 matches, they've only managed to win twice, eight of, eight of them being draws, whereas Leeds away, uh, they have never drawn away this season. It's either they win or they lose. They are 8-8, eight and eight. Um, so you're playing a team that has the most draws this season in Brighton with 13. And leads away, don't draw. So I'm going to go with you as well. I'm going to go with leads here. 
I think it's a bounce-back week for Bamford and the guys. Okay, sounds good to me. Moving on to the next one, we have Chelsea versus Fulham. So, tough fixture for us to pick. Um, My heart is telling me... No, I'm not even going to listen to what my heart is telling me. Chelsea win this one easily. Uh, You have a lot of streaking players. Pulisic back in action. Captain America firing on all cylinders. Can see him getting one, at least in this one. Um, And I just think Chelsea are are that much of a better team. Uh, In fourth place right now with 58 points versus Fulham, who are in 18th with 27. So they have more than double the total points of Fulham. And I just think that Chelsea are, are in a much better shape right now, and I think that they win. Yeah, this is a West London derby. Um, Indeed. They played earlier in the season. It was a very close a close match, 1-0 going towards Chelsea. Um, I do think it'll be a close match again, uh, but Chelsea will get the result. Um, might see Abraham get some minutes here, rest Timo for the second leg against Madrid. Um, I think this game is going to seal the deal for Fulham. It's going to send them down. I really do. Um, we Like we said the past two weeks, that ever since that Liverpool win, it was just a curse uh, set on them. And I think Chelsea, uh, West London rival, is going to seal their, their relegation dream. Yeah. Uh, okay, moving on. We have Everton versus Aston Villa. This could be an interesting game. Um I actually think that this game is going to wind up in a draw. I can see a 1-1 or yeah, a, yeah. a nil-nil even. That's I re- what I was going to say. Yeah, I, I really don't want to pick. I don't want to pick a definitive winner here. Um, I think both teams kind of are having a tough time finishing right now. Yeah. And I just I feel confident in a draw, honestly. I'm going to go with the coin flip uh, pick for this slate. I think I'm one for two in coin flips here. Um the home team for this match is Everton, so their heads, Aston Villa's tails. Here we go. First flip is heads to Everton. Second flip is heads to Everton. So I am going with the Toffees. I think uh, it's a massive uh, win for them in the standings area. They could hop Tottenham and Liverpool here, depending on their results. So I think this is a big win for uh Ancelotti. All right. I I don't know. We'll have to see. That's an interesting pick. Yeah, I have no idea there. All right. Newcastle versus Arsenal is the next one. This game's at St. James Park, an away game for the Gooners. I'm with the Gooners. Um I just I have to stay with them. Uh, I feel I would feel, you know, like an asshole if I didn't pick them, especially right. against Newcastle, uh, who are pretty shit. Uh, Arsenal I mean, are pretty shit too, but I I just think I just think that we win. Joe Willock can't play in this game, so it's an easy win. Oh, it's in his claws. Yeah, yeah, uh, that's a good thing. Yeah, I I was initially gonna say I was actually initially gonna say a draw with how Newcastle's form is, or maybe even a win. But if Joe Willock is not playing, I'm gonna go with Arsenal here. Okay, sounds good. All righty. Um, next one, Manchester United versus Liverpool. Probably the game of the week. I am literally in rapid fire mode because I think if I if I think too much about these games, I yeah. picked them the wrong ex- way. So yeah. I'm gonna go with United, especially after what they just did to Roma. I mean, they just deleted the entire club. Yeah. Um, 
Hmm. I'm like trying to gather my thoughts here with what I want to do. It's uh, these rivalry matches are always hard to pick because you kind of want to take form into consideration uh, where they play. And I mean, my thing in these rivalry matches is they always step up to the occasion. Like I, that's what I like to believe. I think these players yeah. really take it to heart and like they, they really give it their all. And I mean, with United just scoring six goals in the Europa League, considering their opponent would be relative to like a an Everton, I would say, an Everton West Ham. Yeah, it's pretty tough to pick Liverpool here, but I am going to go with Liverpool here. I think it's going to be a high scoring game. I think it's going to be like a three two towards uh, the uh, towards Liverpool. All right, sounds good to me. I mean. Yeah, maybe. We'll see. We'll see. Liverpool are the odds favorite right now, surprisingly. That is surprising. I'll I'll be It's very it's it's very close, but they are edging it a little bit right now. All right. I'll be curious to see how that pans out. Next one, Tottenham versus Sheffield United. Easy Tottenham. Sheffield suck. They're not winning anything. I mean, they just did get a win. I don't care. Right. <laughs> The the game is in London for Tottenham. Tottenham are a very good side at home this year. Uh, Sheffield dead last away. They've only secured four points on the road. Uh, So I will agree with you. I will go with Tottenham. All right. Sounds good. Uh, Next one. Not the final one. This is the second to last one. West Brom versus Wolves. I I don't think I, in good conscience, can pick Wolves. I think... this is a derby game, I think. It's like West Midlands. I think the last West time they played, derby. I think the last time they played, it was West. Yeah, it says West Brom won three to two. It was a crazy game. It went back and forth. I think uh, I'm gonna go with West Brom again. Actually, what did I? What did I say last week? Uh, I think I went with. I did go with West Brom last week, and they dropped it. So, um, what is their West Brom only won? Three games at home, Wolves. I mean, Wolves, after getting pumped 4 nothing by Burnley, can't get pumped again, right? Yeah, I guess. Nah, I'm going to go with you. I'm going to go West Brom. Okay, sounds good. Alrighty. And the final game of the week, Burnley versus West Ham. This game is a Monday game, just like the Wolves-West Brom one. Going down at 3-15. Final game of the week. I am with West Ham. I'm gonna. They're they're on opposite ends of the spectrum in their form. Yeah. Uh, Burnley just kept, picked up a huge win, whereas West Ham the past two matches have lost in close ones. Um, I'm gonna ride the form right here with, and go with Burnley. Um, Lingard's kind of dropping off, and his supporting cast isn't really stepping up to help him with no Rice and Antonio. So I'm gonna ride. I'm gonna ride Burnley here. I think they win this game. I think it locks them up uh, in the Premier League for another year. So mark me down with a Burnley victory. All right, sounds good. I'll be interested to see how all of these things pan out. We picked a couple different ones. Uh, I'll be really watching uh, intently this weekend because I am pretty much done with school. Thank God. Yeah. Um, thank goodness. Yeah. There's not really much else I have to say. I'm getting back into the flow of work soon. Kind of just hanging out. Uh, Anything else for you, Matt, or no? 
Um, Champions League, we oh, yeah. had Chelsea draw 1-1 with Madrid. Uh, very close tie. We had Benzema, one of the most underrated players in the world right now, or I would say in the past five to ten years. Uh, scored a bicycle kick. Pulisic also grabbing a goal. I think that's the, he's the first ever American to score in a Champions League semifinal. So he will forever be in the history books there. Hopefully he can score in the final uh, if they get there. Uh, and then, like I said earlier, Man City got a comeback win over PSG. Um, I think I saw articles saying like Pep couldn't, it was hard for him to sleep the night before the match because he was thinking of all the different things about Neymar and Mbappe, what they were going to do. Really? Which. I mean, me as a manager, I would be the same way. I wouldn't be able to sleep because I'm trying to think of ways to stop them. And they were, they did put on a show early on in the first half. Yeah. But Man City weathered the storm and showed their class because even after PSG scored the f- opening goal with Marquinhos off a corner, uh, well, Pochettino didn't even react because in the back of his mind, he knew from his Premier League days with Tottenham that Pep and Man City just give them five minutes of play and they can just turn it on like a light switch. And crazy. And they did. I mean, the free kick, I think Mara scored uh, the post-game interview. De Bruyne was said that uh, their conversation standing over the ball. Mara's asked him if he, if he could take it. And then De Bruyne's response was, if, if you believe something along the lines of, if you believe you're going to score it or something, hit it or something. It was something like that. I, I don't, I just paraphrasing, paraphrasing it roughly, but... Right. It was along those lines. So those guys did well, and then we were we were live casting updates pretty much for the Europa League. We got United, who you would think six two, are cruising to the final, and the Arsenal game's kind of up in the air two one. Uh, I mean, Arsenal. The game was in Spain, was it? Or it was yeah. Valencia was it was team. Yeah. Yep. So I mean, if you guys get get some injuries back, and I mean, Ceballos is out for the next leg now. Yeah, that's good. That's good. That's good. So you have Parte in there, and yeah. if 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 you can put somebody at left back, you push Zaka Zaka in there with Parte. So you might be able to finesse something in there. Um, you never know. You can get a two 0 win at home, and it could be an all English final there, and potentially you could see an all English final in the Champions League, which I don't remember the last time that happened in the same season. So yeah, interesting interesting things going on in the European side, and we're edging even closer to summertime with the Euros. Uh, so a lot of things are going to come. And other than that, uh, I don't really have anything. Oh, one more thing. We have the NFL draft tonight. Yeah. Uh, you Do you have anything, any predictions or anything you're looking forward to? Somebody going where or anything like that before we end the episode? Honestly, no. I actually, I purposefully try my best to not pay attention to the draft because I not only want to be surprised, I don't want to be upset when my team drafts person that I don't want. Um, that's a, that's a specific strategy that I practice every year. I love the NFL. I'm very well versed on the NFL, not as well versed on college football, but I, I know enough. Um, I know what some of the draft orders are, but I've purposefully not looked to see who or what the Eagles are doing because I guarantee you Lori will fuck it up like he always does. Um, and well, you know they traded they traded back, you know that at least. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah, yeah. From the sixth to the twelfth. So we're right behind Dallas and the Giants. Yeah. So I so do know is that. There, is there a, sp- or a particular position you think they need to take or you want them to take, or are you just going in with an open mind? I'm kind of going in with an open mind. I mean, I think the Eagles need to improve in a lot of different places. Yeah. Of um course. I 
I would actually like to see Pitts. I think we're going to move Ertz. So, well, we are going to move yeah. Ertz. They said that we yeah. were going to trade him by by the end of the draft. So, um, yep. it'd be nice to get Pitts to to replace him. Pitts and Goddard would be pretty nice. Um, but I also yeah. think that we need a wide receiver. I'm not really sold on uh, Devontae. I think he's a tiny, really, really, really tiny receiver. And I'm just not really sold on that. Um, yeah, we've but, already got a handful of those types of players. You kind of need a tall target man, you would think. Like yeah, a like, right, right. Or, you know, somebody, if we could find somebody with the stature of DK, that'd be great, but that's not going to happen. Um, yeah. So we'll have to see. Um, we definitely need a receiving sort of player, whether it be a tight end or a wide receiver, even if it's going to be a slot guy, you know, not not a one or a two. Um, we'll have to see. But well, we, we certainly need somebody that can catch the fucking ball because we don't have that right now. Yeah, well, with that in mind, they'll probably end up drafting a DB or a lineman. So that's how it is every year. But Yeah, of course. Uh, other than that, thank you guys for listening to the episode. If you're listening to us on Spotify, uh, SoundCloud, or Apple Podcasts, drop us a follow, like the episode. Uh, let us know your feedback on what you like, what you, what you think we're missing and need to improve on. If you guys are watching us right now on our YouTube channel, thank you so much. Uh, hit that red subscribe button and the notification bell right next to it is free you guys can unsubscribe whenever you want uh if not just stay subscribed it's free whatever mm-hmm. and um just stay up with our content also social media at post 20 pod on instagram and twitter and other than that uh evan anything else you want to add on to close no nah, no nah, nah, that's it thank you guys for watching as always we always appreciate it and we will see you next thursday Take care, guys.